Welcome to the Hunting for Purpose podcast, the official podcast home for all human design manifestors. I'm your host, Holly Marie, a 4-6 clinic manifester, a certified human design teacher, and a manifester who is following her own creative urge to facilitate a thriving global community of aligned, powerful manifestors. Wherever you are at in your manifester journey, or even if you are here just because you love a manifester and you want to understand them a little bit more, this podcast is the place for you. Stick around for in-depth teaching, for real-life practical tips and understandings of the manifester journey, and how to become aligned and powerful and thriving as a manifester. You are here for global impact. You are here to change the world. The time is now. The journey is yours. This podcast is your home. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome back to this episode of the Hunting for Purpose podcast. As you know, we've been making our way through this series of speaking to human design teachers and having an opportunity for them to inform us. The manifestors can take a little break from informing others and, and be informed by some people who really see us and understand us in both an intellectual and an energetic way. And um, this has been awesome for me. I feel like I, I'm saying this every episode that I bring a guest on to speak about this. This has been so enriching and so beautiful for me. But today's episode, today's recording in particular is a very personally special one for me. We have the gorgeous Dana and Shana from Day Luna. Welcome, ladies. Oh, thank you so much for having us. We're so excited to be here. We love our time. Every Any time that we get with you is such a treat. I feel exactly the same way. Um, we have a lot of listeners who who have, of course, been with the podcast for a very long time and are remarkably consistent listeners for non-sacral beings to, to do something consistently. But <laughs> I know a lot of people will have heard the episode that we have done before. A lot of people have heard the episode that I have done for you guys as well. So you're not you're not new faces in terms of this space. But uh, what a lot of people may not be aware of is that when I was really starting in this very intentional journey of mastery about around being a manifester, it's, you know, when I'd been in human design for a little while and I, I felt like this aspect of being a manifester just wasn't, it wasn't fully landing and I couldn't fully embody it or understand it. And I couldn't find any examples to, to follow. I stumbled into your path and worked with you guys for I don't know, six months or something. Mm -hmm. It felt like a a long time, but I think it was actually pretty brief. Um, And working with the two of you over that period of time and going through all of these details in my chart, for me, that was, that was foundational. What I do now in, in having created the manifesto community and, and teaching and connecting with manifestors, none of that would have occurred without the work that I did with the two of you. It changed everything it really allowed for the birth of that creative urge. So I feel like people should be incredibly grateful to the two of you for what we now experience because you were you initiated me in your own projector ways. Wow. I love hearing that reflection. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. And for whatever reason, manifestors are our favorite type to talk about. 
Um, I think it's because the way that they're spoken about has felt like an injustice to their energy. Mm. So I think as projectors, we've seen that. And we're like that type out of all the types, like we need to make sure we're communicating it correctly and kind of giving it the justice. So it's our favorite type to talk about in, in a lot of respects. And you're our favorite manifester to talk about it with, because (laughs) you're just so brave and real and bold. And we always say like, we feel so passionately, you know, sharing concepts and ideas around the manifester type, but to see someone else role modeling it someone who is a manifester and to get to learn from their experience is a whole nother layer. It's just transformational for manifestors to learn from another manifester out of all of the types. I think that it could potentially be the most important that manifestors have another manifestor to be able to learn from. So the fact that you've created this community and people get to learn from you and so many members of our community have gotten to come to the manifestor community that you created it. We just feel so blessed Like, it's just the, it's so beautiful for us to get to watch the manifestors coming together, seeing one another, because it's like that feeling of like, no one else could really know what I'm experiencing except you, you as a manifestor, you know what I'm experiencing. So we're so grateful to get to witness the manifestors that get to come together because of your energy and influence and role model energy that you just effortlessly are. Thank you. Oh my gosh. Oh man. I want to start the podcast out <laughs> emotional. I can't do that. I have to just get my yeah. head on straight, guys. Come on. <laughs> don't make me cry. Don't don't do it. So let's let's back up a little bit. Can you share with everybody what your designs are and maybe a little bit of that that time lapse story? I know it so well of how you came into human design and how you built Day Lunar and, and the work that you do now. Yeah. So Dana and I are both two, four projectors. Dana is an emotional projector and I am a self-projected projector and we stumbled across human design in the middle of our, uh, Saturn return and spiritual awakening. And in the midst of working jobs that we were supposed to work, but we're completely drained and burnt out and hating it and feeling like we did everything right. We did everything we were supposed to do. And why do I feel like I'm living someone else's life? Like, this is just not my life. This is this it, this can't be it, that feeling. And I think that a lot of people can really resonate with that. And it wasn't until human design and really understanding my own chart as a self-projected projector, um, why I always felt like, okay, I want to be myself. I want to, uh, be authentic, but what does that mean? Like, who am I and how do I be myself? Mm -hmm. Um, we hear that so much in our messaging, be yourself, be yourself. It's like, cool, but who am I? And having human design to really share and, and give languaging to things that I've always felt that I just didn't know were consistent for me was life-changing. It was like, I found a freaking genie in a bottle (laughs) and (laughs) it came out and told me everything that I ever had questions about for myself. And then I got to practice with it and see it really change my life. So human design, I mean, it changed our lives drastically. We, we committed to using the practices, you know, using our strategy and authority for one month every single day. And by the end of that month, everything, we had so much clarity around what we were meant to do the decisions that we like came up that were needing to be made right then. 
um, we ended up quitting our jobs and starting day Luna. Um, and we've been using human design every single day since and every step along the way. And now it's been a while, um, years and it's amazing. It's still unfolding. Right. I think that a lot of times, especially in this wellness community or even a business community or spiritual community, there's this notion that if you're an expert or if you're teaching in some capacity that you've just like made it to this mountaintop and now you're good and you have the the secrets or the answers to life's questions. And on one side, internally, I feel like I have everything that I need to help me navigate anything that comes along my path by using my strategy and authority, ultimately um, being my own authority. But on the other side of it, it's like, I don't know what life's going to bring. And I don't know why this happened versus that happened. And still experimenting with human design um, has been so just an honor of my life getting to be on this experiment. And then of course, getting to share with my G center with the world and <laughs> with many, many people and learn from so many other people in this space like you, um, and be initiated in such a beautiful way. So, I mean, that's a bit about our journey with human design. We have courses and we have books and we have, you know, like a billion different offerings because <laughs> side note, Day Luna, our business is a manifesting generator and Dana and I, I together, oh. yeah, our charts together when, when Dana and I are around each other, we make a manifesting generator. So we just have all the things going on <laughs> and at that the end of the so day, much sense. setting ourselves <laughs> off. <laughs> right? does. I love it. That's beautiful. Is that like the the coexistence too of um being integrated and being in alignment but also being messy and being wounded and I agree I think that that's such that's spoken about with such polarity it's so binary like that's black and white if you're if you've made it quote unquote made it and you're in alignment and you're successful then you're not you don't have any messy parts you don't have any wounds you don't have any shadows still at play but, but there it's all there all the time yeah. in one entity always moving um and i think that that stops a lot of people <laughs> just as a random side note i think that that stops a lot of people from really you know producing work and showing up in the world and following these paths that that ultimately do feel correct for them because they're waiting they're waiting to be yeah. done cooked aligned, you know, embodied, yeah. it doesn't exist. And it really is like the next right step, right? Like when you look at the whole mountain and you're like, oh, it'd be nice to be up there. And it's like, okay, but how the fuck do I get up there? And also like, that's a lot of work and a lot of responsibility and it sounds exhausting and I don't have the time, da, 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 da. but it's like, if what's one step, like what's the first step? And then using your body, your, your strategy and authority to really decide like, do I have the, is this a yes for me to take that one step? And, you know, when we talk about the, uh, the self themes or the, the, you know, how, you know, you're in alignment for, for projectors that, that self theme of success, success can be found in a moment, mm -hmm. like a successful meal or a successful conversation or a successful feeling after you stretched in your yard. Um, and same thing with all of the types, you know, manifestors having peace, peace can be found and often is in a moment 
And it's like, okay, well, how do I make this impact and still be in peace and be doing my own thing? And assert, like just noticing where you find those small moments of alignment, that's the mountaintop. Like that is that, that top, you're not like, you're going to like do and build all these things and then be up there. And it's like, now every single thing I experience from here on out is peaceful. It's like you experience that mountaintop all the time throughout your day. You just are looking past it because you're searching for something outside of yourself that feels too big to hold. So it's like, I encourage anyone listening to notice those, those wins, those alignment nudges moments because they're there right now. So good. The wisdom of the self-projected projector. Oh, I know. <laughs> Turn my mic off because I'll just keep going. She's warming up. It's kind of, I love to feel, I can feel the energy of Me that too. center. Just yeah. Starting to warm up. I'm like the engine's purring. Let's That's what I was like. Go. I'm getting tingly. <laughs> <It's> good. <laughs> I love it. So good. So good. So we have the opportunity today to talk about manifestors, which is brilliant, right? I talk about this all the time. And what I have always loved in my relationship with the two of you is that you speak about manifestors with so much reverence and so much genuine love and respect and adoration. I think that what manifestors often experience is that um, because we're, we're misunderstood, because we're hard to read, people can speak about us with um, interest and intrigue, but also a bit of hesitation, right? A little, a little bit of that fear, a little bit of that caution. And I've always found with the two of you that that doesn't exist. You know, you're these, these kind of beautiful examples of projectors, especially who just are infatuated with manifestors. Is <laughs> Do you remember mm-hmm. the first journey you had with a manifestor? Dana, I think your dad was a manifestor. Right. Do I remember that correctly? Yeah, that's okay. right. My yeah. yeah, exactly. My dad was a manifester, which I actually didn't know until after he passed away. Mm-hmm. Then I learned that he was a manifester, but my whole life made sense. And, you know, I have the most beautiful case study of all time getting to have been raised by my dad, who's a manifester. But I think, you know, when we talk about manifestors and the sacred role that they have as less than 10% of the population that's here to initiate us and to channel this new energy into the world, right? They have such a special role that the rest of us are reliant on, like absolutely need manifestors to be showing up and initiating us. And if you have ever been initiated by a manifestor in a really big way, it changes you. Like you have to be so grateful for that person. And sometimes it was messy for them to initiate you, or sometimes it brought up shadow in them to initiate you, or they felt insecure initiating you, but thank God they did. Thank God they initiated you. Thank God they said that thing. Thank God they went out on a limb, even when they didn't know how you were going to respond. And they told you that thing. And it literally changed the course of your life. So my dad was that person for a lot of people. He was for me as well. But also I can think of uh, friends who were manifestors when I was younger in this really pivotal moment, you know, right before just, uh, creating Day Luna, I would say the kind of like quarter life crisis or dark night of the soul moment in my life 
you know, the manifestors that were in my life at that time, uh, really had such a huge impact. The things that they invited me toward to the things that they said, it, I can feel it. It's like those people out of all of the people are the ones that had this initiating energy that was so powerful in my life. So once you've been initiated by a manifester in that way, and you're aware of it, it's like, wow, we all have to be so grateful. We all have to be so supportive and honoring the fact that that's a difficult journey to be, to go on, to be a manifester, to be the one who's going out on a limb, to be the one that's channeling new energy. And you're not really sure how it's going to land in the third dimension, but you're showing up and you're doing it anyways. So I think for, for all of us, you know, we're all here to walk each other home. And the more that we understand our own design and really genuinely love and accept ourselves and understand ourselves, it gets easier to hold space for other designs, no matter what that type is. And I think us all being here to walk each other home, we're all here to hold space for one another's designs. But if we're talking about this chain of life or like the circle of life, as far as the human design types go, it's the manifestors that start with that initiating energy. And then the rest of the cycle, you know, the generators, the manifesting generators that then use their sacral energy to build in response to, and the projectors that guide all of the other energy use and the reflectors that gauge and assess how everyone is doing that circle then comes back to a new initiation from manifestors. So for all of us in a certain sense, we're like, uh, living in response to, or, you know, engaging with the energy that exists because of manifestors, it all comes back down to you. So how could we not have respect and adoration and gratitude for the people who are brave enough to have chosen to become a manifester and to initiate us and all that way and all of all, all of the glory that you do. I think it takes so much bravery and courage to come in as a manifester in this lifetime and to go on that journey. So for us, yes, we absolutely respect with like the deepest, deepest reverence, all of the types, but especially manifestors. And we also see the challenges that come up with having that type and um, what a special and sacred journey that is. So for us, every conversation that we have about manifestors, it's like, how can we pour the most truth into it? And like I said, in the beginning, it's a type that we've seen a lot of people talking about. And like how you said, people talk about it, but with this energy behind it of like, not really being sure how to even approach it because maybe they've individuals who have been repelled by manifestors because they haven't really loved and embraced and accepted themselves. And I think that that's another thing to talk about, you know, for manifestors having this repelling aura um, that is either going to magnetize or repel someone. And that word repelling, I mean, that I'm curious to hear how you feel about that word and like at how your community feels, because our community really struggles with that word. You know, what I was telling you in the beginning, before we started recording, we had a retreat recently with 22 amazing women and out of 22 women, five were manifestors. So we had this, you know, disproportionate proportionate ratio and these five manifestor women, oh my goodness, they initiated us all so much. We learned so much from getting to spend space with them and hold space with them. And we talked a lot about this word repelling. And, you know, the journey that it goes on, the keynote that it is, the way that we can really, um, as, as ever, everyone really focus on 
loving and appreciating the way that our manifestors show up in our life, the way that they initiate us and wanting them to use their voice, wanting them to not dim their light and needing that as that initiation. Yeah. Yeah. I love all of that. So I love that so much. Mm -hmm. I think that the, the word repelling is brutal. And in, Mm -hmm. in some ways that's, that's accurately reflective of the experience. I mean, I can't speak to what that feels like on the outside. I'm super curious as to what you guys feel like having mm-hmm. been built by manifestors. But on the inside uh, of this aura, it does feel harsh because it it feels outside of our control. It, it feels like this, um, you know, the amplification of our energy that is, it's that's not my personality. That's not what mm-hmm. I want to do. I don't seek to send you away from me. I don't seek to make you uncomfortable with me. I mean, I certainly for me, I'm I'm a four six. Uh, all I want to mm-hmm. do is love and connect. That's mm-hmm. it. That's all. I just I want to make you feel great, and I want to help you grow, and I want to love you intimately through that whole process. Um, and so the experience of when somebody veers away from that, it does feel cold. And it feels very um, unsettling and like the ground beneath us moves because it makes us question ourselves a lot. What did I do? What did I say? What did I not do? What did I not say? Could I have done that differently? I really wanted to keep harmony here, but I, I couldn't because it was happening outside of me. So it's been it's been more beneficial for me to view um, that magnetizing and repelling quality as something that's to do with energetic readiness. That I'm I personally am not right. I'm not personally magnetizing anyone towards me. It's not my actions that are drawing people towards me. It's not my personality that's drawing people towards me or pushing them away. It's that my energy has this sort of readiness meter to it. And I think that that comes up and questions other people's energies and says, are you, are you ready to be initiated by the frequency that this manifesto has or are you not? And I think in those cases where people are not, it's so much more healing for the manifesto and for the other person to have compassion in that process. That timing is such a fluid thing, right? So somebody who's not ready now, can be ready later, or maybe they're just not ready for you, you specific manifesto, your specific frequency at this specific time, but they're going to be ready for another manifesto's energy at a different time. And that that helps me take myself out of the middle of that process, that it's, you know, there's nothing that I can do or not do. This is just a question of, are they ready? Are they not ready? And that's beautiful. Everyone is allowed to have their own experience of, of timing and readiness. Yeah. It's so important that, you know, yeah, that it's like taking that responsibility off of yourself of having to, um, control or tend to how other people are receiving or being ready to receive your initiation initiative energy. Um, And I think that something that can feel helpful because hearing that the world needs you to initiate them all the time can feel like a lot of pressure, a (laughs) lot of responsibility. And I think that it's helpful to just know that your energy is initiating the world around you all the time. 
no matter what. And so you informing is like you taking the steering wheel and driving the car versus just driving and having like bumping into things and not like, and feeling deeply misunderstood at the end of the day. Um, but having that, that informing piece, I mean, that really is the thing that helps you to take back the only thing that you can control and having the heart of that be the compassion piece, the informing with kindness and love without, uh, codependency or sacrificing yourself for the other. There's so many layers to it, but I think one thing, you know, just to, to start that initiation piece, if it, if you're listening and you're like, it just feels like everything Dana said, like feels right. But also like a lot of responsibility and a big weight (laughs) on my shoulders. Like, well, you're initiating whether you choose to or not. And that's just your energy is doing the work for you. So the way that you get that choice back and uh, steer the ship is through informing and saying real, raw, authentic informing. And that, you know, on this topic of what do manifestors feel like when a manifestor informs with vulnerability and just pure authenticity, even if it's something like, I don't know what I want, but it's not this, or I don't feel like informing, or I don't feel like talking, or this is annoying me. Um, Just the authenticity and realness as a projector, when I hear that from a manifester, it feels so exciting. It feels so um, like this is life. Like I am now in the just most magical, juicy place, even if nothing is happening at all. And that (laughs) is initiating me, even though you have no intention to initiate me into a magical place. When you say, I effing hate this thing, (laughs) like saying that (laughs) makes me feel like, Ooh, you do. Okay. Like, wow, we're allowed to hate things. And like, it just feels (laughs) magical. So it's, I think that that's also important to know because that's not the side of it that you're seeing, but as a projector, we, that's how it feels to us. It Mm -hmm. feels anytime that there's the authenticity of what you're saying, that feels like pure magic, pure magic. Yeah. Yeah. I was talking with uh, Katie Calder, the human design lady, and and she was speaking really similarly about that experience of, um, you know, as an MG herself being informed by a manifester in that that true vulnerability. Because manifestors can be really clinical about informing, right? Because for us, it's this discipline, it's a technique, and we don't like it. So we can get very clinical and pragmatic and kind of regimented about it. But the the true essence of informing is that vulnerability. It is that allowance of, I'm going to let you into my energy for a little bit so that you can see, and I'm going to do that in a process of trust, that if I let you in, it's safe. It's safe for me to inform you and let you into this this little part of who I am and what I've got going on. Um, and Katie was saying that that experience for her feels so sacred because it's like being let into the inner sanctum with a manifester. Do you guys resonate with that? Yes, one thousand percent. It really feels like um, 
a gift. Like we, I think we talked about this a lot the last time we were on, but it truly feels like a gift that you're being given. Hmm. Um, and the act of being given that gift, this manifest or choosing to inform you, it feels like, oh, wow, I've been given this gift of togetherness. I've been given this gift of an open door and exploring a whole new world within you that I wasn't able to see without that door. So, uh, and that's a question I love, you know, that we're talking about, how does it feel for other people to feel a manifester? Because I think that that's so healing and important to talk about because I often think about the repelling energy in your aura, the closed energy in your aura. There is just this huge difference between how you experience your own energy on the inside of that and how other people experience you on the outside of that. It's such, you know, out of maybe all of the types, you have the most difference there. Mm -hmm. And so talking about this is so important, that mutual informing. And, you know, this is another question that a lot of my manifester friends, people that I'm close with have asked me, like, how how does it feel to be around me? And Mm -hmm. a big, you know, if I'm just using adjectives, one would be royal, uh, mm-hmm. one would be mysterious. Um, and one would be when, when you open that door and we create that connection, um, truly magic, like mm-hmm. being able to be let in, in that way, it just fills your life with this, this beautiful energy. So, um, you know, when it comes to manifestors, I, another question that my friends have been asking me lately is, do you think that I over inform and that I overshare? <laughs> and that is like a funny question to me because it's impossible for a manifestor to <laughs> yeah. over overshare. I can't even tell you, it's not even funny. Like a manifestor could be like, oh, I don't really like this apple. And I'm instantly so drawn into what they're saying. Like, really? Why? And it's like this, the something that could seem so mundane, but for someone who's like ready to be initiated by that manifestor and your energy just really clicks. It's like every single thing that you share is a gift, no matter how small it is. So I think that that's something that's so important for manifestors to know too. It's like, if you feel called to say this thing, trust me, it's not an overshare. It is a gift. Now the practice of informing and informing with radical honesty, but also with radical kindness and compassion. Mm -hmm. That's something that I think is like, you're saying such a practice, not a natural thing, but if you feel the urge to share this thing, trust us, it's never an overshare. It's Mm -hmm. always an expansive gift for others. And that's what it feels like to, to be shared with, with in that way. Yeah. yeah. It's such a, I love, such I a love learning it. journey <laughs> as a manifestor. <laughs> that's such a trajectory because um, we, we honestly, that's, it's like shedding a limiting belief, right? It's so ingrained into our, our sense of how we operate in the world that if I share, if I talk, if I inform, there's a limitation to, to when the goodness of that stops, right? For, for how well that's going to be received. Um, and of course, you know, we see all those like repressive and reactive throat wounds show up in that space. But I think there is this unique experience for manifestors in that is we kind of carry that with us until we're ready to not carry that with us anymore, until we're ready to say, you know what, all of the evidence that I've received now from all of these people around me is that there is no such thing as too much. There is no such thing as too much sharing and too much informing. And so I'm just, I'm going to say it and I'm going to trust that when I don't want to say anything anymore, then there's nothing that needs to be said, right? That that is the perfect limit. That is the perfect amount. But if I have words that want to come out, they're perfect 
and they're exactly the right amount and they're exactly, you know, as impacting and as influential and as, um, you know, transformational to other people as they need to be, even if it seems mundane to me, even if it seems pointless to me. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that the most transformational time that a manifester informs is when they don't know what they want or where they're going or have the answers when things are messy and they are informing that is like the most potent time, like catalyst for any person that you choose to authentically and radically inform with. It's just like this powder keg of, of growth in that person's life in your life, that is the magical spot. So if you're listening and you're like, I'm a mess right now, I don't have my shit figured out. Like, great. That is honestly (laughs) the most potent time to be. I encourage you to, or I invite you, I should say, if if you (laughs) feel called, um, to say it out loud to the close people in your life, um, and let yourself be seen in that messy It's just, we've seen it just go leaps and bounds versus trying to stay in your closed aura and figure it out all yourself and feeling lonely, feeling misunderstood, feeling um, like you're impacting, but not in a way that you want to all of those kind of, you know, sides. I think that we can all attest to knowing a, a manifester, even if it's like in the media, that's very not informing with kindness or, um, uh, speaking very harshly or being really out of alignment and, and informing from that place versus from a place of, of alignment and growth and, uh, empowerment. I think there's like something to be talked about there because if you're informing from a place of, of, um, empowerment and accountability and love and authenticity, you can't go wrong. It's like, it's something that is, is needed for whoever it is that you're sharing with. Um, and I think that a lot of people who aren't awakened to their energy or alignment or even wellness or consciousness, um, can inform from a place of giving their power away or blame or, um, you know, shame and, and things like that, where they're not empowering themselves with informing. So I think that, that, that part of it of like, I'm informing to set myself free versus I'm informing to pass blame or judgment or disempowerment. Um, maybe that's where a lot of other people get, uh, hung up or, or, or don't really know how to talk about manifestors or are confused or misunderstanding manifestor energy. And I think that's also why a lot of manifestors get boxed into like very masculine conversations about how the world works and how you initiate as a manifestor and it's very masculine energy. And, and I think that happens a lot that, that manifestors get boxed into, a very like domineering stereotype um, that just isn't the the true experience because there's so many 
types of manifestors. I mean, you being this beautiful four, six loving compassion, like just your profile alone shows how that's just not true. And so that, that the more that you inform, I mean, with a place like this podcast, but really anywhere and to anyone with that empowerment, role modeling, uh, authenticity, love, compassion side, it's just, it's so liberating for every single manifestor that that connects with you, but also literally every single person, because you're initiating them in some way, even if it's not on the topic that you're speaking to, (laughs) it's pretty incredible. It's like, it sounds too good to be true, but it's, it is, (laughs) it is too good to be true. (laughs) That's like, or that's not the way you say that it is too good. And that's true. (laughs) Perfectly nailed it. Love that. <laughs> well, it's it's like Dana was saying before that um, that magnitude of impact that manifestors have. It's uh, what I really love to focus on and and teach around that area is that with great power comes great responsibility. There is, you know, we are we are the initiators, we are the commencers, and so everything that is coming from us is an initiation in some way and really deciphering that distinction between where am I consciously initiating and where am I unconsciously initiating? For me, that says I have to take great responsibility for my own wounds. I have to take great responsibility for my own shadows and and the outworking of my own, you know, my own traumas and my own mess. Because if I'm initiating from that place, because I am always initiating from within myself, then I can be doing amazing, healing, transformational things with that. Or I can be inadvertently really harming people and creating a lot of destruction because when a manifester speaks, when a manifester initiates, the volume is turned up. It's loud. Um, and I really, I really do feel that all manifestors need to take that with a lot of seriousness, right? With a lot of depth of I chose to come here as this energy type. And I have, I have this huge power. I have this real ability to like leave a legacy and to legitimately, legitimately change the world through my words and through my actions. So how am I honoring that role? Sometimes that means I need to do the work myself before I go out and initiate more. Yes, absolutely. I love what you're saying right now. And I think that my fascination in my own human design journey lately has been connecting with my soul and why my soul chose the parts of my design. That part of my exploration in my human design has been the most exciting for me and the most fulfilling because I I see so often uh, projectors that wish they were manifestors and manifestors that wish they were projectors. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And I see manifestors who wish they were projectors because if a manifestor is like, well, if I could just wait for the invitation, then I wouldn't have to step on anyone's toes. And I wouldn't have to wonder how people were going to respond to me. I would just already know that they wanted me before I opened myself up to be vulnerable. And for projectors, it can feel like I wish I was a manifestor so I could do whatever the hell I want. Mm -hmm. And I don't have to sit back and wait. So it's like, either way, what that really is, is fighting against our true power. It's a victimhood mentality of, I didn't choose this design, but the fact is you did. did. And (laughs) if you can reconnect with that highest truth, 
Why did I choose this design? What is the challenge that I came here to live and to navigate? What is the journey? How am I here to live this? That mm. unique curriculum, if you can get behind that and remember why you chose this unique curriculum, that self-responsibility just kicks into gear. Mm. You automatically shift from victim and victimhood to empowerment when you reconnect with the fact that you did in fact choose your design for a very powerful reason. And even though that can feel intimidating, like it would be easier if I could just not, uh, you came here to do it. So I think, you know, what you're saying about a manifester being really big shoes to fill with great power comes great responsibility is absolutely true. And, you know, for all of the types, you have these big energetic catch 22s or dilemmas that you came here to really navigate and then be able to show other people. And there's, there's many of those catch 22s for all of the types. Like one of them that we've been thinking about a lot for manifestors lately is this idea of alone, aloneness versus connection Mm -hmm. and, you know, manifestors being this lone wolf and where does that play into needing love and wanting love and romantic relationships and even your relationship with your child or your parent, that type of love, when you have this level of independence, how do those two things come together? That's something that the manifestors in our life are here to walk the walk of and go on the journey of, and it's not always going to be easy. Another big one that we've been thinking about for manifestors is the idea that you're really here to lead, but, and have the independence and, and the self uh, guidance of how to lead, but also you're not here to do it all on your own. You're right. not here to take it all on your own. You are here to have others help you see things through to completion. And the polarity between those two things, sometimes it would feel easier to not have to explore that duality and to just not do any of it and to just opt out. Like, okay, I'm just not going to love anyone because that's going to be easier than having to navigate aloneness and love on two ends of one pole. Um, I'm just going to choose to not lead because that's going to be easier than having to navigate leadership, independent and free leadership and having a team. It's like opting out instead of walking those polarities. It can feel easier at times, but the world really needs you to go on that journey because then you end up offering all of these amazing things that come from that are the product, if you will, of, of walking that and navigating that. And once again, that delicious, delicious messiness of it not being easy. They're not being one answer. It's like each manifestor's journey to find their answer or their truth or their balance, because it's never a one size fits all balance between these polarities. It's never a a 50, 50, equal side of either that creates harmony. It's like your own unique ratio that is going to, to be really right for you. So, um, but that theme of it would be easier to just not be what I am and and to be something else is so unhelpful. And I have been there and you know what we're talking about with manifestors, what we're talking about with manifestors, you know, not everyone being ready for you. The same goes for projectors in a a different way, but that feeling of when someone is just simply not ready for your insight or for your advice, that's something that we struggle with 
that comes back around, you know, every new person we meet, every new community, every new level of success, you come back around to that lesson. Cause it's a big one of like, how do I navigate that feeling of someone not being ready for me? And it's, that's why we can feel like, well, it'd be easier to just be a manifester. So I didn't have to navigate that. Mm-hmm. I could just insert myself. I could just charge right through. And it's so unhelpful for us to have that. But in a certain way, I love that at times all projectors wish they are manifestors and vice versa, because it unites us. And mm-hmm. I think that projector manifester duo is so delicious and fun. It's one of my favorite energetics coming together. So I love that when we're in our pity party, we see eye to eye on that. Um, <laughs> and also when we're in our empowerment yeah. projectors and manifestors, see eye to eye, we see each other, we invite each other, we initiate each other, we hold space for each other. Like it, it's just so beautiful. Even when we're struggling, um, I think that there's still such a special bond between projectors and manifestors. Mm. I agree. I think it's, I think it's amongst all of the energy types. And I've said this a lot. I think that the manifesto projector relationship is the most sacred. It's like we're, we're on opposite ends of the same energetic string, right? And, and so there's a resonance between us. And I think there's a a real genuine desire to hold space for each other and to find love and find respect for each other. Um, And as a manifesto who is, I'm incredibly blessed to be surrounded by a lot of projectors. I'm, I'm so supported by projectors in my life. I adore them. Um, which is good because like being around sacral beings can be a struggle. So like, <laughs> I'm grateful for the projectors. <laughs> They're good. Um, what I've really discovered about that relationship in being the manifester in that is, is I feel we really need to approach projectors with kindness because there is a softness to projectors, right? For all of your your insights and your penetration and your wisdom and, you know, your ability to guide and to lead and to teach, that's a vulnerability for you too. You do that from this very, very deep heart space. Um, and I've seen myself as a manifester and I've seen other manifestors be really dismissive of that and and kind of get in our own lane and charge forward and you know like I'm it it is it is a victimhood it is actually um a wound for us to operate from that place of I I do it alone I do it alone and I'm just going to do me and it's my way and that's the only way it's going to work out and I'm not going to let you in and I'm not going to let you help and I'm not going to listen to your insights um and I find that so damaging that's so harsh to the projector to receive is that, I mean, what does that feel like on the other side? What does it feel like as a projector to be around a manifester who's maybe not not loving you in the way that you need to be loved? Yeah, I mean, um, well, I think a lot of the projectors' experience is we kind of had this uh, analogy come up when we were in Bali on our retreat is kind of like being a mosquito that's like just the tip. Like, I just want one little drink. And it's like, no, like, you can't bite me. Um, and like getting swatted, right? Like being a little mosquito. That's and on the other swatted. side of that, manifestors um, who have the repellent, right? Like the repelling aura. Also like keeping something yeah. out, being like, no, mosquito repellent. Uh, so that can be something that we feel. Like, yeah. <laughs> I feel like I yeah, which is good. I mean, right? It's like that, that message of. No, we're here. Oh for my it. gosh. No, I mean, 
We are, we are because I mean, I feel like I should apologize to like mosquitoes for having to exist in this existence where nobody wants you to bite them just a little bit. <laughs> Cause like, I know what that kind of feels like, um, but like never just the tip of the mosquito. Um, anyways, but I do think that there is a part of the projector journey where you get swatted, like you're, you know, and you get crushed or, you know, your hand hit away and you can easily go into bitterness and then, um, turn inward and never share your insight ever again. And, um, that, you know, kind of what Dana was talking about of giving up, like, well, it's too hard for me to navigate that polarity of being here to share my insight, but only when it's invited and like having to sense when that is. And so I'm just not going to say anything and I'm just not going to teach anything or guide anything or put myself out there ever. And that's really doing yourself a disservice, right? It's, it's pulling you away from that energy, that frequency of success. And so I think when it comes to how a manifester feels, um, with, this manifester projector duo, I think it depends on who the manifester is in your life. Like mm-hmm. if you're, if a manifester in your life is, um, someone that you're not that close to and they're, they're closed off, like they, you know, their, their wall is up. They're not wanting your insight. It can feel like, okay, cool. Like they're, they're confident. They have what they need and that feels really good and healthy. Um, then there can be a manifester in your life who, sometimes lets you in and sometimes doesn't, and they don't know that they're a manifester maybe. And that can feel really scary if they're your lover or if they're your best friend or your parent, it can feel like, um, like unpredictable and, and scary. And then of course you're doing what they don't want you to do, which is trying to guess how they're feeling. And then that feels like you're trying to control them. And then they pull away even more. And then it's like literally, um, this game that you're just chasing them and trying to figure it out. And you're working against the energy so much to where everything that you do to help makes things worse and everything that they do to help makes things worse. Mm. And it's, it's a scary buildup of energy that can happen. And then I think that if you have a manifester in your life as a projector who is, um, really vulnerable and open, um, not all the time, you don't have to be like that all the time as a manifester, but having those moments of inclusivity of sharing what you're feeling and what you like and what you don't like and informing from a place of, of love and authenticity, Um, I think that that can feel really exciting and magical and just truly like you won the lottery. Honestly, that sounds like so dramatic, but that really is how it feels. It really feels just good and, and just so welcoming. Um, so and then of course that bit of magic, I think when that magic is felt by the manifester having so much fun with the projector, uh, being in their world and the projector having so much fun being in their world that you can ride that like wavelength for a long time. Like you don't even have to be talking about it still. You don't even have to be giving advice or, or including the projector in your life. Um, 
that relationship connection, it's kind of like it just half like it's like Avatar making the Halo kind of vibe where it's just like you sink in. Um, and then you can ride that for honestly, I want to say years yeah. where it's like that person just gets me and I just get them and we just are in sync, even yeah. if you're not informing all the time or letting them in all the time. So it's like, that's a, I want to say life hack with any projector in your life is that opening the door and then having that uh, interplay, that play in the energy without it having to be like, you need to change your whole life. And here's why, because once again, that's control and that's not waiting for that consent. Like it's all the energetics at play. So I definitely think the question of like, how does a manifester feel depends on who the manifester is in your life Mm. and, um, how the, dynamics of both people involved are being honored Mm. because nobody likes a repelling mosquito projector even if they're your lover or your best friend or your mom it feels like a mosquito bite and it's like yeah I can have a mosquito bite and like it's fine I'm not gonna die but it's like I'd rather not (laughs) um so I think that that it's important that on both sides, right? It's not all on the manifester to make the projector feel great. And it's not all on the projector, even though they think it is to make the manifest, change the manifestor's mind to think that they're great. Um, It really is both sides. And then you can have that magical, symbiotic, playful vibe for years from one exchange. Yeah. It's the, the joy and equal complexity of human relationships. Right. This is, I mean, for me, I'm, I'm my numerology year is a year six at the moment. So I'm all about the relationships, which of course is reflected a lot in my design too. So I'm going deep, deep into relationships. And um, a lot of our content this year in the manifesto community has been around relationships and how manifestors need to navigate that. Exactly what you were saying before, Dana, about, um, you know, being being the lone wolf, but also being connected. It's It's a dichotomy for manifestors to move through this space. And I think, I think we've got a lot of healing to do. We've got a lot of work to do here. It's a, an individual radical reckoning and healing. And it's also within our collective of manifestors, like we need to be really holding each other in this space. I don't think that manifestors classically have done relationships all that well. I think for a long time we've we've kind of stepped out of the relationship space and said it's too hard, it's too complex, I'm too misunderstood, I I never get it right or I get hurt or I get taken advantage of or you know it, people are threatened by me or whatever it may be. Um, and so even the, a lot of the language that gets used in human design has been supportive of that, like. Totally. Oh, yeah. Like be a lone wolf, be independent, manifest as go your own way. You know, like you be the initiator, you make your own rules. This is true in some ways, but it's not the total picture. So, you know, we need to learn how to honor our role in in this whole fabric of humanity just as much as everyone else does. And that always starts yeah. from within first. Can I honor myself? Can I truly see myself? And then I can honor and truly see other people too. Um, but what stands out to me there is that 
you know, we've touched on it a few times so far in this recording is that a lot of the conversation around manifestors is that focus on the masculine, right? That we initiate that we're, when we're in the creative urge, it is, I mean, it's, that's the part that we love. That's our drug. That's, we live for those moments. Like they keep us going. So we get it. It's sparkly and it's exciting and it's magical and, and manifestors move so fast and they produce these extraordinary things, which are new and fresh. And, you know, there's just a, an energetic tone to that being in the creative cycle and, and initiating a creative urge, which is so enamoring, so enamoring for all of us. Um, but the flip side of that, that I think really doesn't get much space in the human design world is that the vast majority of the time we're in rest. We're not actually in creation. Yes, we're always initiating. Our energy is always initiating. But largely our experience of life is that we're, we're resting, right? We're, we're recovering, we're healing, we're allowing that vacuum of space to that pressure cooker to build and, you know, open, 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 open in that messy space, in that directionless space, in the the in-between where we're no longer in the previous urge and we're not in the next urge. It's a, it's a void, which is completely necessary right and has a lot of beauty to it but i'm i'm curious about what that feels like on the other side for people outside of a manifester what does it feel like to be around a manifester who is in deep rest and is probably pulling away from you i would bet mm-hmm. yeah i love that i love this topic because um our clients that are manifestors we did like a a poll and and got to just kind of hear from them individually what is the biggest thing that you feel like you're deconditioning from? And we were actually surprised to hear that the big thing was deconditioning from uh, the sacral world, the need to be consistent and that rest piece. So out of all of these other themes we talked about, about the repelling aura and connecting with other people and being loved, but having the lone wolf, like leading, but using your voice and having independence, like out of all of these themes we've talked about, the thing that they were struggling the most with is how do I support myself and earn money when I am not a sacral being and I need these rest cycles. That was the number one thing by far that we were hearing from our community. It's tough. It's tough. And it's just, um, so different than what the conversation is around manifestors uh, in a more outward way. Like we're not hearing enough people talk about that. You're absolutely right in saying that. So I'm really grateful we're talking about it now. And, you know, as projectors, we get the whole rest thing. We get the whole non-sacral being thing. So that's another place where we really feel this togetherness with manifestors. And when we're around, you know, as a projector, when we're around a manifestor that's in their rest cycle, it's like really initiating actually to see them say, I don't feel like participating in this right now. You're like, Oh, thank you for saying that. I feel liberated by you saying, I don't want to do this right now. And even going back to our retreat in in Bali, we were doing like breath work and all these things. And we literally told all the manifestors if halfway through, if you feel like, fuck this, I don't want to do this anymore. Please leave. We want you to, we want you to cancel on us. We want you to say, I don't feel like sharing right now. So I'm not going to like, we want that for you. We want to love you in this way where you are genuinely free. 
and not judged when you don't have the energy to show up in that consistent way that is expected from you. So for us, we have this very unique standpoint being projectors, getting the whole need for rest thing, the whole non-sacral being thing that we share, but also still we felt initiated by these manifestors who were brave enough to be like, yeah, I don't feel like sharing right now. I don't feel like being vulnerable. I feel like I've already given enough and now I'm done. And that radical informing that radical authenticity, it gave us this permission slip, like, oh shit, can I lean into that more in my life, even though I'm not a manifester. So a manifester who's really honoring their rest cycles is a manifester who is brave and bold because it feels like there's no space for that. It feels like that's not allowed. And that can be maybe the deepest conditioning that manifestors face. So to allow yourself to be in the sweatpants without makeup, because you are in a rest cycle and you don't want to put makeup on or get dressed. It's honestly empowering for other people. Like (laughs) I love it. We've done a few readings for, for manifestors that are like, I'm in a rest cycle. I wore my pajamas and we're like, yes, thank you so much. for doing that. Like it enlivened (laughs) me to see you honoring that. And uh, on the other side of that, a manifester who's forcing themselves to be consistent through a rest cycle where they're meant to be resting, they're forcing themselves to show up anyways. Um, you can feel the tension for them and like your heart breaks for them because you can feel like the shell of a human energy coming through, um, for the people who don't have the luxury or the space in this moment, for whatever reason to honor that you can really feel it. And I think when we talked about the voice and the health of the voice, that's the number one thing that we see for manifestors, you know, struggling with their voice, with their thyroid, struggling with a lot of different issues with their health, with their immune system, specifically in their throat. It's like almost instant. Like they can see if they're in a rest cycle, but they're forcing themselves. It could be like two days in that, into that rest cycle, boom, throat issues or three days. Like it can really be that drastic. Your body can respond that quickly um, because it's such a, there's no choice in it. It's like, you're in a rest cycle. You, there's no way out of it. Um, and, uh, So my main message I want to share is manifestors knowing that you are liberating other people when you show up in your sweatpants, when you inform that you don't feel like sharing, uh, when you tell people that you're canceling because you don't have the space, like you actually are liberating other people. And if you get any pushback on that and and feel like you repel people from doing that, just knowing that that's the natural process of you repelling the people who are not ready to be in your aura And that is your soul, your aura being the gardener that is weeding out the energies in your life that are not right for you. So don't be scared of that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It feels great when you're in a rest Mm -hmm. cycle, when you Mm -hmm. say that you're, I think also, as we all learn and understand human design, our own unique designs, being able to say I'm in a rest, a rest cycle, like that is huge and so incredibly helpful. And I think for generators and man gens, you know, rest cycles can feel scary um, because it can feel like, well, what's wrong? Well, there's got to be a problem here to solve. Like, let me figure this out and work on this with you. Um, But really, because that it's like, we'll just take the night off and tomorrow morning we'll be back at it. It's like never in my life has taking the night off made me 
have more energy the next day. For like something. I would love that experience just once, just once. Yeah. I just want to taste it. You know, like what does it feel Same. like to go to bed and then wake up feeling like fully recharged? What is that? I don't know. I know that's my bitterness. <laughs> Never felt hard. it. <laughs> yeah, that's all my resentment my coming up. Yeah, yeah. All of my in-laws are generators and mansions, Brian's whole family. And so every other weekend we see them probably and they wake up just bright eyed and chipper and so much energy. And I, my bitterness, I have to check it every single time to be like, must be nice. Like I genuinely do not know what that feels like in my body. (laughs) crazy never never once felt it no I was I was laughing as you were talking before because I'm I'm in sweatpants and no makeup on (laughs) recording this podcast yeah because I'm several months into a rest cycle like just roll with it just roll with it yeah same and I love I love that through the lens of this awareness little things like that become really significant and important. I'm like obsessed with that. Like little things, like when you're honoring your cognition, it's so small, it's so minute, but is it like, or is it the greatest act of self-love? Is it the greatest act of awareness? Is it kind of revolutionary for you to buy this candle that you're obsessed with because you have smell cognition? Like, is it kind of revolutionary for you to show up and wear sweatpants when you're in a rest cycle? Like it kind of is. And it transforms the mundane into something that matters in our life, something that matters in our evolution. And with the awareness of it, that is the transforming wand that takes something that like, you know, the regular person who doesn't have eyes to see it or ears to hear it is like, oh, you're wearing sweatpants. It's insignificant. But for all of us, it's like, hell yeah, like way to show up as your true self today and liberate everyone that's connected to this conversation. Um, it's, it's, it gives me chills because it's like only human design people know what I'm saying when I'm talking about this. Like I could tell a random person, they're like, girl, I, I don't know, like sweatpants <laughs> and candles. Like, I don't think that's part of the spiritual journey. I'm like, but it is but though it is. when it's happening, but it is though, when it's happening in a moment of authenticity and we're honoring it, we're learning from it yeah. and we're seeing it it's so impactful. Yeah. It's My undefined sacral. Yeah. Sorry. You guys. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I was about to say my undefined sacral literally does a happy dance. Every time I see someone out in the world in sweatpants with no makeup on, like, I feel like a little bit more liberated and just like, yes, please. I've been selling um furniture because uh, we remodeled our house. And s- this woman came by today who is an interior designer to pick up furniture. And I, was literally judging myself getting ready for her to come over and I'm in sweatpants and a messy pony and no makeup or anything and I'm like okay now I gotta go face this person and I open the front door and she's in sweatpants messy pony (laughs) no makeup and I just felt like yes bitch you get me and like this is this is my life like this is liberation complete strangers and I literally don't care at all because that I just don't care and like this girl has said like that is not worth my energy to focus on today. And you honored what your body was telling you today. And that just feels good. So I'm doing a dance every time I see it now. <laughs> yes. One of my favorite experiences of, of uh, being with a manifesto, really honoring 
um, their rest cycle was when I, I did an event in LA last year and one of the attendees was a full manifestor event. And uh, one of the attendees that came um, showed up. I'd never met him before. Absolutely beautiful human. He was a 2-4 splenic manifestor. And he showed up looking exhausted, like manifestor in the first few days of the rest cycle. You know, when a manifestor looks like they're about to go down with the flu or something like they haven't slept for four days or like what the hell is going on and he you know came to this this event this VIP event with like a blanket around his shoulders and sweatpants on and he had like slippers on his feet and he came and he just sat down really quietly amongst the group and eventually said I'm in a rest cycle it's like that was oh. it. That was his introduction of himself. And it was so, so initiating for everybody because I oh. felt like the whole group of manifestors just collectively went, ah, yeah, yeah, cool. Like oh, we don't, we don't have to put it. on any energy here. And it was that was so bold of him to do that, so bold to show up to a group of people that he doesn't know in this, you know, like spiritual gathering and we're here to have this big impacting day. And he's like, look, I barely put clothes on, you know, but I'm, I'm here. <laughs> I'm present in my authentic energy. Wow. <laughs> wow. I'm like, I almost wanted to cry hearing that story because it's <laughs> like, like Dana said, like it's revolutionary in the small mundane, but like truly profound yeah. things like the simplest thing. Oh, there's always a place to show up more authentically always like that's just what it makes me think of like there's just always and that energy of peace right like that little act gave him more peace and yeah. because he's manifester that initiated more peace in the room and everyone could go oh and I just love it I love it I love manifestor so much that I like <laughs> oh, I just do so I do and I say it all the time to Dana. I'm every time that we do a reading for a manifester or we talk about manifestors on the podcast or we like at an event and we get on a manifestor like tangent with questions. I literally say to Dana, like, I just fucking love manifestors. <laughs> I just do. I love, I love them and I love you. And it's just so, it's just such a treat, such an exciting treat of my life that I get to have awareness that manifestors exist and that projectors exist, that all the types exist. And it's just such a treat. Yeah. It's really, it feels really nice for us to be loved. So thank you for loving us. Thank you for mm. doing that and for actually putting voice to that and informing that because we, otherwise we genuinely don't know. We really don't know unless we're being directly told and and people are doing that mutual informing of, hey, this is how we're receiving you. This is how you're impacting us. This is what we feel like being around you. It's so eye-opening for us. It's so revolutionary and it blows my own mind that I feel like a toddler every time that I, I can have a conversation with somebody who says, oh my gosh, do you know, this This is what it feels like to, to be in a manifesto energy. And I say, really? It's like the first time I'm hearing this. This is, <laughs> golly, wow. Thank you so much for telling me. I feel really humbled and I feel really loved. Well, it's our yeah. joy. Like our greatest honor is to get to tell, tell you. So thanks for inviting us to, <laughs> to, to share our and insight about it. 
As you were sharing that, something that we call human design a mirror a lot, you know, I think when you first discover your design, it's like a discovery, but then once you're familiar with it, you come back to your design and it's like looking in a mirror that has a really clear image. And normally we're trying to look in these mirrors that are really foggy. And, uh, so that's a beautiful and sacred mirror, but another one is another person uh, holding up that mirror to you, but a clear mirror that has been crystal clear, cleaned where you're seeing your real reflection in that person, because that person has done the work to become a really good mirror. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think that you can't become a good mirror with understanding yourself, with accepting yourself, with you doing the work, with you taking responsibility for whatever it is that your design is. Um, that's how you become a good mirror for another person. And then having awareness of who they are and getting rid of those illusions and delusions that we often hold, but to see yourself in that mirror of someone else's love is so special and healing. And I think so much of human design is about the process of individuation, right? Of really uh, understanding ourselves as an individual. And then the whole second part of it is the unity, the togetherness, the oneness, the connection that can only come through the doorway of true individualism Mm -hmm. and honoring yourself as a unique individual. So that's the part of human design that I'm just so excited to celebrate because it's growing so much. There's more and more people who have this awareness and who can be these beautiful mirrors for one another to then shine that light of awareness and understanding to each other. And then to receive that Mm -hmm. is just like so special. Like in some ways it feels like, oh my gosh, we made it. I mean, we're still (laughs) on the journey always, but it feels like we made it to be in a room or in a conversation with someone who can be that really clear mirror for you and who really understands you in this way. So um, I'm just really excited that you're, you're creating this uh, series of podcast episodes where it's like this really beautiful mirror and each episode I'm, I'm excited to listen to them and to see uh, the different colors and lens that happens in each of these mirrors, you know, with each person that you're speaking to, but it's really beautiful and it's so necessary. And I really appreciate the way that you're creating this space where this love can be shared, because I think that, uh, loneliness is something that all of us can struggle with, but of course, as a manifester, that can be a big theme and having this space where we shine this love on each other. It's just what we need so much right now in this world. And Mm -hmm. I think that it's by far the highest healing that we can create. So I'm really grateful for you creating that. Um, creating this space for that. It's really, it like warms my heart in such a genuine way. I think it's so healing for everyone who gets to be a part of it. Thank you. That's so true. The journey from the personal to the interpersonal. I think we're, we're bridging it. We're walking, mm-hmm. we're walking that bridge. And I, I'm yeah. thrilled to be part of it. I'm thrilled to be aware of it at least mm-hmm. to like add my footsteps to everybody else's footsteps, you know, to the work that you guys are doing and so many other people are doing. Um, speaking of which, you released a book. You guys, you guys yeah. released a book, a human we design did. book, which is so wild and so cool. And I'm so thrilled and lit up about that. Tell me, tell me about the book. We'll tell everybody else <laughs> about the book. Yeah. I know it's wild to to have written a book. Um and um yeah, it's called Your Human Design. It's 
the book that we wish that we had when we were learning human design. And honestly, the book that we still wish like before it existed, like wish we could have come back to time and time again, even with knowing all of the things that we know about human design, um, because we provide in it, not just the basics of human design, but also how to really use your design and lean into living your design every day. So there's a lot of tips and practices, meditations, journal prompts, quizzes, recommendations for oils and crystals and different things to help you really ground this information into a daily practice and liberate yourself this information versus just gathering more human design information and keeping it in your mind, not actually living it in your body because that's where the magic happens. So we wrote this book to help you navigate your life, to really lean into your purpose versus just hear about your purpose and hear about your gifts. So we get into types, strategy, authority, profile centers, channels and gates, uh, even a bit about cross of incarnation. But I think that the most important part of it is the daily practice stuff that we really, really dive into in this book. So it's gorgeous. It's got tons of beautiful pictures and gold foil on the cover. It's our gorgeous little baby. Um, and that was really important to us was to just make something that is beautiful and helps in such a beautiful way. So you can find that anywhere books are sold, um, Amazon or Barnes and Noble books, a million, there's a million places. And, um, if you're not sure where you can get it, you can find it on our website, which is daylunalife.com along with everything else. So it's, that's been so an honor and joy. Yeah. That's so, it's just that the book is such a representation of the way the two of you approach this system, which is why I've always loved your work and always loved being around you, that it's not um, esoteric and it's not intellectual. This is, you know, taking a, a language and taking an awareness and applying it and integrating it. And I, I think projectors are just hands down the people to do that. If, if you are going to learn how to, you know, take a, a complex system of information and make that achievable and usable, projectors are the people that you want to have you, you know, guide you on that journey. So I love that you guys wrote a book. I love that you wrote a book. That's so good. <laughs> you also do, you also do training. Yeah. You do a human design training, like a certification. Yeah. So we have a training that, um, is the most in-depth one that we've come across. I mean, we've taken so many different trainings ourselves just because we love to learn from many, many different types of people. Um, but we wanted to make a training that was extremely in-depth, really detailed, but also helps you to decondition and understand how you can teach this system or use this system in your own practice or business or whatever way you want to use it. Um, according to your own gifts and your own design. So not teaching it of say this and do that, but really here's how you can channel this information through your own energy, through your mm. own vessel and really use this information to decondition yourself. So that way you walking the just 
talking the talk at someone. That way, this mental under grounded down into your being as a facilitator of this information. Yeah. Yeah. So accurate. I, I love that we're getting uh, so many voices speaking in the human design space now and where we're getting so much more accessibility and availability for things like, uh, you know, trainings and qualifications and certifications, all of that like genre of, of wording um, because everyone is bringing a different lens. Everyone is bringing a, a different flavor to it, a different depth to it, a different application to it. And to me, uh, as a as a taste cognition, it feels like a buffet that I'm like, do you mean <laughs> I can taste all the flavors of the rainbow? Fantastic. <laughs> I want to know how you do it, how you talk about it. And I want to know how this other person does it and talks about it. And um, it feels so inclusive that there's no longer just one way there's no one way of, of learning this system. If this is something that resonates with you and you want to integrate it into your work, integrate it into your life, you can choose, choose the voice that speaks best to Absolutely. you, which is, I, I mean, how, yeah. how glorious and open is that? Yeah. Use your authority right? Like listen to your body and let your authority choose, because that's going to be what's right for you at this time in your life. Um, and that's really the goal. I mean, as we keep going, there's going to be even more and even more and even more. And while that can feel overwhelming on one side, it can feel incredibly liberating and empowering on the other. So it's really exciting. And we're just excited that we get to be on this journey, um, all together. It's so expansive. Yeah, me too. Me too. <laughs> We're going to link everything, of course. Everything will all be linked in the show notes. Um, I feel like I'm I'm frequently referring to Day Luna, so it will be no surprise to the listeners of this podcast <laughs> at all about the work that you do. But um, if by some miracle, for those of you who are listening, have not come across Day Luna, please go and check out their work. I think um, it's just so loving. There's so much love in in what you two produce and the work that you do and, and not just the way that you teach this system but the way that you embody it for yourselves. It is the most immense privilege to be able to be a person, especially someone on the other side of the world, to be part of that energetic space that you create. So thank you. Thank you for being courageous and trusting yourselves and, and going on the human design journey and creating Day Lunar and... Um, for all of the just immeasurably beautiful things that you do, you really are making a true impact on the world. Wow. Thank you so much for saying that. Like <laughs> talk about a voice that means a lot to us. Um, and that is very amplified to us. Everything that you say, we really am like, are just struck with the magnitude of. So thank you so much for saying that. Thank you so much for having us. Um, we feel really honored to get to have shared this time with you and this conversation with you. Me too. Me too. All right. Three non-sacral beings. I think are tapped. We're tapped out. That's how <laughs> we're done. I hope you all enjoyed listening. Uh, check out all of the information there in the show notes. Follow along with everything that Day Lunar is doing. And thank you both Shana and Dana. It's it's a joy. It's a privilege. It's an honor. Thank you for being here. Thank you so much for having us. 
Thank you so much for spending a little bit of time with us today in another episode of the Hunting for Purpose podcast. We so enjoy having you here and whether you are listening to my insights or the wisdom of one of our other incredibly talented manifesto specialists, we really truly hope that you have taken away power, transformation and wisdom about your own manifesto magnificence. Before you go and switch off, we would be so humbly grateful if you could take the time to either leave a podcast review right on the platform that you're listening to, or if you feel like it, please do a share across your social media. We love to hear how each of the episodes is impacting you, and we love to provide an opportunity for you to inform us via social media. So please share a story or a post about this episode and tag us at The Manifesto Community. Until next time, please, manifestors, keep hunting for purpose.